0: Hello, I'm Eric Chabro at the Information Security Media Group and GovInfosecurity.com. I'm speaking with Charlie Krum, Vice President of Cybersecurity Solutions at Lockheed Martin. Thanks, Charlie, for speaking with us.
1: It's my pleasure, Eric. Thanks for having me.
0: Tell us a little bit about your job at Lockheed Martin.
1: Well, Eric, I've been with Lockheed Martin about 10 months now. I retired from the Air Force after 35 years. Last job was Director of the Defense Information Systems Agency. Lockheed Martin hired me to assist in developing their cybersecurity strategy for the future. We do about 90% of our business with the federal government, both on the Department of Defense side and within the federal agencies.
0: What are some of the key research and development activities maybe Lockheed Martin is doing in the area of cybersecurity?
1: Thanks for asking that because I think it really is important. You know, you know I see a, a, a really a sea change in the way Lockheed Martin and, and other companies are going to address cybersecurity in the future. And, and the reason I say that is because today, and, and I can speak from experience, uh, the government and, and most of us who are in the cybersecurity business, we deliver cybersecurity defense from a reactive mode. And I say that as an example, a burglar enters the house The alarm goes off, and hopefully at some time later, the police arrive to arrest the burglar. And the question is, uh, how long did the police take to arrive at the house? And and that's sort of the way cybersecurity is addressed. We have the intrusion. We may not know about that intrusion for some time. We finally discover it. we may take some time to develop a patch, test a patch, and then implement the patch. But over that time period, the harm is being done to our networks. So this question of how do you get out from being a reactive mode to being more predictive and more proactive, and that's where Lockheed Martin's spending its research and development. We're investing millions to address the specific need of how to be more proactive and more predictive so we can get ahead of that intruder. Doing lots of things, Uh, some things that we already know about and have been trying to do for years end-to-end visibility and control of our enterprise. Automate the routine. You know, uh, if you can automate the routine, it allows people to do better and smarter things. So we want to make sure we can automate configuration management, compliance verification, patching, et cetera, so that the human being can spend more time on the predictive and behavioral analysis. And we're looking at a lot of ways of doing this predictive behavior analysis, looking at data streams for anomalies and patterns, We want to provide indications and warning. Clearly, our job in our research and development is looking at how do we eliminate the surprises. Once we can eliminate surprises and improve the way we automate our processes, we add speed, we cut down the time in which that burglar is in our house. I think that's where we're spending our dollars. In the end, what we want as a Lockheed Martin large uh, integrator, we want integrated solutions end-to-end. We want proactive, predictive services to eliminate those surprises, and we want to ultimately end up with a resilient system so that the mission is always on.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the partnership between the private sector and companies like yours and the government in developing cybersecurity policy to protect the nation's critical IT infrastructure. Do you think the foundation is there to have that kind of collaboration?
1: I think it is. That doesn't mean it can't be improved on. I think, first of all, federal policy should not be developed in a vacuum. It doesn't come out well when that happens because, in the end, the policy must work for all parties involved. Democracy is all about participation it's up to the federal government to get the ideas on the table to encourage good open dialogue and exchange of information. I believe when they're doing that dialogue, when you're talking about, for example, securing the energy grid on uh, a critical infrastructure, it's, it's more than just technology. It includes best practices. It includes risk management decisions. It includes research and development. It includes training. It includes education. You know, many folks associate being a general in the military as someone who can just give orders and direction and people follow, but I found it more beneficial if I could provide incentives to those who I wish to do something as opposed to ordering them to do it and expect it to happen. So I think if we can help the government find some incentives for uh, private citizens, for commercial industries to incorporate best cybersecurity practices and technologies, that would be the best road ahead.
0: Do you have any suggestions of what incentive from the government to business would be?
1: Sure. I mean, you know, there's, there's all types of ideas floating around. I didn't develop them. But let's take an example of when the government wanted folks to use seatbelts in cars. I think they delivered a policy, and then all of a sudden you saw insurance companies delivering discounts on insurance policies if you used your seatbelt, discounts on your car insurance if you had anti-theft or, or special brakes or et cetera. This type of cooperation, I think, between the commercial industry and government that should, can, and should expect. A small business who wants a loan, maybe part of that loan requirement could be They have to meet a minimum set of cybersecurity requirements. I believe cybersecurity ought to be treated like we do uh, our software builds in a capabilities maturity model where you have different levels of sophistication so that people can maybe measure their progress. And so I think certain incentives by the government to uh, achieve certain levels uh, within federal contracts, maybe a capability maturity model of a level C could be required for certain businesses to enter into a contract. So, yes, I think there are incentives that can be provided and encouraged encourage all of us to do better in terms of cybersecurity.
0: Legislation before the Senate would give the Department of Homeland Security additional powers over other departments and agencies to develop cybersecurity policy, at least among civilian agencies. Some critics say that gives too much power to DHS. Do you have a problem with that? Do you think that's a good idea?
1: Well, first of all, if you've known me or known my comments from my previous life, uh, you would have heard me say over and over again that delivering information technology and the securing of that information technology is a team sport. And I truly believe that. We all have knowledge and experiences that, when shared, make us uh, better than we individually could be. I clearly believe that information technology is a team sport. But teams need leaders. They need direction, strategic direction. They need guidance. They need policy. They need the rules of the game. They need to come to understanding in terms of collaboration of uh, what the priorities are, et cetera. As far as I'm concerned, pick a place. Homeland Security is as good as any to provide that leadership, to provide that strategic guidance, uh, to provide the rules of the road, to uh, set priorities. And I think if it's done in a collaborative way with the other federal agencies, I think you'll see uh, great progress. And as far as I know, that's what they're intending to do.
0: I'm speaking with Charlie Kroom, who's Vice President of Cybersecurity Solutions at Lockheed Martin. Thanks for speaking with us. Okay, thank you very much. And I'm Eric Chabro of the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening.